0: Listening to a podcast from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Ah, that word, Alleluia. It's the first time we've used it since Lent began way back on March 1st. The Church fasts from using the Word for those 40 days, but when Eastertide hits, we more than make up for it. Every time we gather over this 50-day season, and do note that Eastertide at 50 days is longer than Lent at 40, Every time we gather in this season, we will sing and say hallelujah, and we'll do it a whole lot. Now, if you've been observing some form of a Lenten fast, maybe you gave up coffee or dessert or some other favorite food. Maybe you decided to set aside something like Facebook, television, going to the shopping mall, something like that you're probably really rather delighted that Easter has finally arrived. Giving up the use of my car stereo has become one of my regular practices in the Lenten season, and I will be quite happy tomorrow morning when I can resume playing it again. Of course, through Lent, I still did play it on Sunday. If you've added a practice or a discipline and you found it to be a really helpful thing you certainly don't need to stop doing that just because lent is over now i know of one person here in our community who over the course of lent did some focused songwriting and recording and there's no reason in the world that should come to a halt those are good things do you know, I'm also quite aware that for a good number of us, Lent and particularly Holy Week have served us in other ways. It might actually be challenging to transition into the season of Alleluia's. I mean, there are people in our midst who attend most regularly in Lent and in Advent, the two darker seasons There are many who would say that Good Friday is the liturgy they look forward to most every year. Maybe I'm in that camp too. I mean, my my Good Friday sermon is easily the longest of the year. My Easter day, often one of the shortest. That may come as a relief to some of you. It's not that I don't want to celebrate or love to celebrate resurrection, I'm just profoundly aware that words of sorrow, of longing, and loss can be the ones that most resonate in a world so marked by sorrow. I know of one person who on Friday, when she arrived, said to Rachel, who was assisting at the Good Friday service, she said to Rachel that she was really not doing very well that day. and She thought it would be okay to bring those burdens with her here on Good Friday. Rachel responded that yes, it was very much okay to bring her burdens on Good Friday. In fact, it was equally okay to bring them anytime we gather for worship. I think that's actually in our congregational DNA. We are a people who have embraced an invitation to the communion table that includes those words, come. Whether you have much faith or little, have tried to follow or afraid you've failed. Afraid you've failed. And who among us doesn't have that fear tucked deeply in our soul that we might be failing? Back in 2009, when we were pulling together all of the submissions for Beautiful Mercy, a book of ours... Our collection of writing and music and art that marked the cycle of the seasons, we were flooded with submissions for Lent and Advent. We had to push a little bit harder to get material for Easter and Christmas. So, what? We're depressed? No. But we do give a kind of space for people to bring burdens longings, fears, sadness, and failings. We don't ask that anyone deny how their life really is, how life really can be marked by struggle and loss, simply that you come. Yet over those things, all of those things, all of the burdens and the tears and the sorrows and the longings, over all of it, we steadily proclaim grace. Come, because it is his will that those who want to meet him might meet him here. These are the gifts of God for the people of God, named as the people of God, named as a holy people, named as reconciled and drawn home again and again and again. And you know why we can do that? Because of this story tonight. The women left the tomb quickly, with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, and they took hold of his feet, and they worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, there they will see me. These women who had gone, to visit the tomb in a posture of sorrow, to bring those spices and ointments to hopefully anoint the body. They'd gone there. What they discovered, though, left them with both fear and great joy, Matthew says. Fear and great joy. Joy that a new day had dawned. But there's fear, too, When your judgments and your expectations have been so unsettled, even if it is unsettled by grace, it can be a little frightening. Yet they'd hardly begun to run to find the disciples when they have this experience of the resurrected Jesus. What does he say to them? Do not be afraid. It's beginning, it's just beginning. And while it may be turning things inside out for you, there is no reason to get locked in fear in light of the resurrection, which is why we celebrate resurrection, why we celebrate Easter, 50 days of Eastertide, and then Sunday after Sunday after Sunday through the year we celebrate resurrection, even if at times Lent might feel the more natural fit. The news brings fresh stories of an increasingly militarized North Korea, of more violence again in Syria, of that steady refugee crisis that just doesn't seem to end, and of another death in the north end of Winnipeg. In our own lives, we may be steadily dealing with an illness or a depression or a deep loss or a job that we just can't stand, Or, or, or. It all seems to sit much more naturally in Lent, doesn't it? But don't be afraid, Jesus says. Don't be afraid. He says it to the women and he keeps saying it to us. I very much appreciate what Bishop N.T. Wright has to say about the enduring message of that first Easter morning. He says... The world is now to be seen neither as a tired old system going round and round without hope or meaning, nor as a sick joke in which intimations of immortality always run into the brick wall of death and cynicism. No, now it's to be seen in terms of new grass and spring flowers growing through a fresh crack in a concrete slab. Hmm. The world now, in light of this story we tell, is to be seen in terms of new grass and spring flowers growing through a fresh crack in a concrete slab. Talk about a resilient image. This spring, this spring, Every time when you walk, you see grass pushing through a cracked sidewalk. See it as an icon of the resurrection, which means it's an icon of relentless hope. In fact, even if it's one of those accursed dandelions that you see coming up through the cracked cement, even if it's a dandelion coming up through your own driveway or your own sidewalk, don't curse it. Laugh at it and relish it as the most unlikely icon of the promise of life. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. And because he is risen, so are we. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. You've been listening to a St. Benedict's Table podcast. For more information on our church or to provide support for our online work, visit us at stbenedictstable.ca.